hour number three. It's the Plank Show live from Cavens Group. Gary Cavens swung by to tell us about all the ways the Cavens Group can help you, whether it's fire testing, mold testing, mold removal, uh, emergency board ups, and more. The uh, number to call, 405-573-3048 for Norman and Oklahoma City. Tulsa and Stillwater, number for you, 918-282-7612. That is uh, Cavens Group. And they've got uh, roofing repairs they can help you with, replacements, free inspections. Uh, you name it, Cavens Group can help you out. Here we are, our number three. We could probably do a top five stories of the day strictly on the schedule unveil and uh i don't know uh, connor if uh, panic sets in in the midst of <laughs> our top five <laughs> stories of the day maybe that's exactly what will wind up happening but uh let's go ahead and hit it it's the uh, newcastle casino top five stories of the day check out newcastle casino happy hour monday through friday from three until six p.m it is uh off i-44 exit 107 newcastlecasino.com how about big story Number five. Number five. Well, uh, out of the National Football League, how about uh, how about a little contract talk? It's that time of the season, is it not, Connor? The uh, Los Angeles Chargers, in the midst of their two-day mandatory minicamp, and Justin Herbert says he's set to participate in camp despite uh, an obvious uh, contract extension that Justin Herbert is looking for. Herbert, uh, let's see. Do you think that he gets an extension here before too long? I think so. It, it's much deserving for Herbert. I think he's done really solid as a quarterback for the Chargers so far. And what, Yeah, once we get to summer, that's all, that's all it's about for the NFL is contract talk. Right. Yeah, I mean, we're right in the midst of it. And obviously with uh, Lamar Jackson just getting the, the big deal that he got – uh, you know Herbert and others, they're they're ready, right? <laughs> yeah, when, when you see that, when that you contract. see uh, when you see other quarterbacks get it, especially a guy like Herbert, you feel like okay, I if these guys are getting it, how about me too? Well, and speaking of NFL contract talks and quarterbacks, how about uh, big story number four? Number four from Herbert to Kirk Cousins, who says, uh, you know, possibility of talks, contract discussions. They could resume at any time, but uh, he said yesterday, not expecting a resumption on said uh, contract discussions until at least after this upcoming season. He says, quote, I think we'll probably talk about the contract next March. Until then, we'll just focus on this season and the job to do right now, end quote. This, uh, let's see here, final year of his contract during which he will earn $30 million. Uh, the Vikings, do they, do they get the extension done, you think? Yeah, I wouldn't expect a long one because, man, Cousins getting up there in age a little bit. He's 34, so I wonder what the contract would look like from the Vikings. Well, and, I mean, now with what's happened in that division, Jordan Love will see, right, with uh, the Packers what what that winds up being. But, I mean, you're you're talking about about a Vikings team and a quarterback in Cousins that, look, this team was 13-4. and Last they were year. good. Yes, Cousins, Cousins had some r- really good games throughout the season for the Vikings. So I would imagine they get it done. Yeah, the length of what exactly it looks like, okay, we'll see on that front. But, uh, you know, if it's if it's after next season, okay, 
the you know fine, but uh, I can't imagine it's going to take too long. They'll get a deal done because guess what? When you're 13 and four and you've got that quarterback coming up, and you know, yeah, 34 is up there, but anymore, I mean, we've seen Connor guys quarterback into their 40s. That's true. Yeah, when you when you lead a charge like that and you have a really good season like Kirk Cousins, you feel like you you, you got to pay the man. Yeah, so I would imagine that gets done. What about from the gridiron to a big major championship, big story number three? Number three. There's, uh, again, there continue to be, you know, news and notes outside of the actual major itself. Uh, Here's Dustin Johnson saying the public investment fund governor told him uh, that Live Golf is set to play in 2024. Remember Live and the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour they're orchestrating this merger, and we, we don't really know what uh, said merger means. And yet uh, at least one force on the Live Tour, Dustin Johnson, is saying, I'm pretty sure we're playing on the, the Live Tour as well in in 2024. So th- there you go. That remains to be seen. But as uh, I've said all week, even though I will share the, the news and notes and nuggets along with you, I- I'm just excited for what's going on at Los Angeles country club i'm excited about this major championship which uh is uh, just underway and out in la it's let's see it's 908 local time so that means you've got several several groupings that are a little bit down the uh the road here and they're through i, I think the uh i think the most anybody's played so far is morales solomon uh, and company, they're through eight holes. And, oh, by the way, it just so happens to be that Omar Morales, the amateur, Connor, is uh, three under par early in this thing. He's your outright leader at this moment in time. <laughs> How about that? We always see that with the amateurs uh, playing with nothing to lose early on in the first couple rounds in golf. I, I, I love to see that. It? it does seem like a lot of times the first day or the first two days in a major, somebody like an Omar Morales plays well. And then usually the the story doesn't have a, a great ending before it's all said and done. But it, doesn't it seem like in major championships, there's always at the very, very beginning a name that nobody sees coming out of left field, comes out of left field and gets off to a fast start, and then, uh, t- again, typically fades. But it feels like that always happens in major championships. Yeah, we got people saying, who the heck is this guy? And they don't see him on paper until the until the golf starts that day. But, yeah, that's awesome to see. And once it gets to crunch time, then they start, you know, fading away a little bit. But it's pretty awesome to see them uh, play some good golf, uh, especially early on in the tournament. Well, did uh, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry, T-Row in the morning show, did they happen to give Omar Morales away as a golfer to anyone? I didn't, Do we know? I didn't hear. We I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Well, yeah, I, I don't know why you, uh, I don't know why you would. The uh, notables on the board, what do they look like? Again, we're just underway, very, very early in this thing uh, on the first day here at LA Country Club in this uh, what is the 123rd U.S. Open. Notable names. How about uh, everybody at one under par? Shane Lowry, Francesco Molinari. They're each uh, one under through four. Here's an interesting name. How about Ricky Fowler has uh, an early early uh, red figure. He's one under par. Xander Shoffley, John Rahm, they are each uh, through two. They are one under par. Pretty good list early on. Man, it's been a while since I've seen Ricky Fowler up there on the list. Well, he uh, 
you know, for a period of time, he wasn't playing in several major championships yeah. because he hadn't qualified for several major championships. Now, he's very quietly, unless you're just pretty fine-tuned to what's going on in the world of golf, he, he started to play some really good golf. Uh, dare I say really good golf these last two, three months or so. And so for, I don't know, folks that every single day follow this thing, it wouldn't be a total shock to see Ricky break through and win his first major championship, but it would still be, you know, obviously pretty surprising just given the fact that, uh, man, when it was bad these last couple of years, it was really, really bad. And uh, yet what a story it would be, right? Oklahoma State uh, product and for – you know, a decade ago, people would have told you this guy was going to win multiple major championships, and then for a little bit you think, okay, is he ever going to win another golf tournament? Uh, and yet uh, off to a good start. But it's very, very early. He could, uh, you know, he could go sideways quickly. But that's your, your U.S. Open update so far. How about big story number two? Number two. Well, uh, if you were hoping for a reverse of course, unfortunately not going to happen with one uh, super superstar uh, in the circle, Jordy Ball. The uh, decision, Connor, it is official, my friend. Yep, we saw it today, bright and early this morning, that she's going to Nebraska, which we kind of assumed already, but final decision for Jordy Ball. Uh, hats off to her, gave Oklahoma some great years, two great years, two national uh, championships. She played a huge role uh, in this past one, leading Oklahoma. It's exciting to see. I'm ready to see what she can do, uh, how much better she can make Nebraska as a softball program. Yeah, no, it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch her. It's going to be a little bit, like I said earlier, still a little bit surreal, still a little bit out of place. Uh, the pinstripes Huskers jersey did not <laughs> did not fit just yet for Jordy Ball, but I think everybody collectively is is rooting for, so long as it's not against Oklahoma, is rooting for Jordy Ball's uh, continued success. And it's, you know, you take the Oklahoma equation out of it, and it, of course, competitively stinks for you, for I, for Sooner fans. It's a cool story for her to go home to a place like Nebraska that uh, simply put, I mean, hey, 36-22 and 22 and going to the Stillwater Regional was nice, but you don't look at Nebraska and say, okay, here's this softball power. So from that standpoint, to see what she can accomplish with Nebraska and what she can lead them to, I mean, it's, it's kind of going to be fascinating. Yeah, cool to see if you're just a general softball fan, to see if she can get Nebraska to the Women's College World Series, a team that's you know not used to being up there, not used to being a big-time program they can make a run in the postseason that being said perfect world she would have come back and oklahoma would have gone undefeated oh, uh, yeah. this next season <laughs> just to get that next little bit <laughs> of history but uh, all the same unfortunately there's a lot of folks i think across the the country cheering this thing from a parody standpoint and hey we'll see what oklahoma does right i mean we're going to see what uh, dominoes fall from this in favor of oklahoma in terms of additions and uh, I would imagine before too long we'll have an addition or two to report. We haven't, nothing's come across today. Has there in the way of a transfer portal softball addition for OU? I, I, I haven't, I haven't seen anything so far today. Yeah. It is, well, I mean, it is, it is going to look a lot different in the circle. And I'm sure Patty and the crew are going to look for someone, a pitcher uh, through the transfer portal. Bring back Nicole May uh, deal. We've seen the freshman this past season come up in, 
uh, big spots in the game, especially in that Bedlam game. So you still got two really good options coming back, and I'm sure you'd look for a big-time pitcher through the portal. If you can find a little bit of extra help in the circle, you'll find a little bit of extra help in the circle. But like uh, I told you earlier this week, Connor, I mean, to me this is a actually a pretty neat opportunity for Nicole May, too, to one final chapter – and if you can lead Oklahoma to a fourth straight national championship and to number eight, and if you are the primary force in the circle for that, not that Nicole May wasn't always going to be remembered fondly. Of course, she she would and has been a part of championship teams and has been, might I mention, Connor, really, really good for Oklahoma statistically. This could take it to a new new level, right, a different yeah remembrance chapter for her just because it is different when you're sort of regarded as that ace of the staff yeah no no better way to end it for Nicole May being the first option she's given OU so much throughout her career and she's another pitcher that's played a big part in national championships at Oklahoma how about big story numero uno number one number one number one well it's the schedule obviously (laughs) the uh (laughs) the uh SEC schedules, they're out. What do we make of it for Oklahoma? What about for the rest of the SEC? We've got so much on the text line, we really probably just got to play catch-up over there on that unless uh, you dial us up and uh, we'll get you right to the front of the call-in line if you do. 405-329-9000 is the number to call. But that is the Newcastle Casino Top 5 Stories of the Day. Uh, I-44, exit 107, where you can check them out, newcastlecasino.com. The schedule, let's dive back into it before uh, we talk a little crouton on the way out the door as well. We've got, uh, I don't think I, we didn't play these cuts yet, did we? McElroy and, uh, we, we played Tebow, but we didn't play McElroy. Talking about most difficult slates. Yeah, we, we, get, we can hear from, we can hear from McElroy. I know everybody wants to hear from Greg McElroy, right? <laughs> oh like, yeah, edge of, everybody edge loves of him, don't they? Around here, <laughs> everybody is just edge of the seat. How about some more fine bomb? You want some more fine bomb, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll continue the SEC schedule discussion on the other side. It's the Plank Show. Back with you after this. Back with you. It's our number three of the Plank Show right here on the Rep, the home of Sooner fans, and we're happy to be hanging out today at Cavens Group, where. You need uh, mold testing, mold removal, uh, obviously uh, fire testing, so much more, roofing uh, repairs, replacement inspections. You name it, uh, they've got you taken care of right here, well, in uh, Oklahoma City, in Norman, out in Tulsa, Stillwater, and uh, just the state of Oklahoma as a whole, Kansas, uh, North Texas, and in Arkansas. They can uh, they can help you out with the roofing there. The uh, number to call in Norman and OKC, 405-573-3048. In Tulsa and in Stillwater, 918-282-7612. Online, cavensgroup.com. Uh, you brought something back up to my attention that, uh, you know, news note that we hadn't touched on yet that we, we needed to, we needed to uh, address. You think Oklahoma got bigger on the defensive line last night? A tad bit, Josh. Yes, I, I'd say this dude's a pretty, yeah, pretty big dude. Well, the Sooners have, uh, well, just a couple of days removed from the Derek LeBlanc news. They have added interior defensive lineman Juco product out of Hutch Community College, uh, and if I'm butchering the last name, I apologize. Danny Saley, uh, who. Was from Topeka, went to Hutch, 
and is listed at six foot two, three hundred eighty nine pounds. I think I think that'll clog up some space inside. Let me uh, let me let me read that one more time here in case you guys missed it. <laughs> six foot two, three hundred eighty nine pounds. That's a massive human being. I would describe that as a run stopper. <laughs> I would too. Yes. Lone season of uh, JUCO competition with Hutch. Uh, Danny recorded 18 tackles, one sack. And uh, if you're wondering what, I guess, the rest of the landscape of his recruitment looks like, really just in terms of other Power 5 offers, we think Maryland, the only other Power 5 offer for Saley. That, that's the only one I see. It was, it was kind of hard to find some information for, for Danny Saley under the other than just some uh, huddle highlights that he has out, which look good. I mean, the, yeah. the highlights, right? Uh, He's, he can move, man. He can move quick for being three eighty nine. Well, and everybody, if you can, uh, if you're any kind of athletic at that size, you look athletic, right? Yeah, that's I right. mean, just just seeing that type of frame move like that, you're like, well, all right, giddy up, here we go. Sugar, Shana. Yeah, I'll yeah, 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 no, no, have at it. Sugar Shane Newcastle, I don't think he's a plug-and-play guy, but he's definitely a plug. <laughs> Indeed, yeah, he's, uh, he's going to be plugging up the run game big time. So uh, there you go. Uh, you, you lose a defensive lineman in LeBlanc, who, of course, uh, you know, in his release said unforeseen circumstances, and that's why he's going home. Not far removed, you, you had a Juco defensive lineman uh, in one Danny Saley. So that you combine with everything else Oklahoma has done uh, in the portal, especially here recently, Dejon Terry out of, uh, well, Kansas and then Tennessee, and then uh, Philip Paya out of Michigan and Utah State. So this coaching staff has been busy finding defensive linemen. Well, we'll see if this is a guy that plays a significant significant amount of reps for OU but man there's your there's some beef up front for you no doubt no doubt so uh more more news uh for Oklahoma and what does that bring the running total to in terms of defensive transfers is that nine defensive transfers that Oklahoma's brought in it's been uh, it's been a lot I can go back and look the yeah the count well the uh the overhaul continues for Oklahoma so interesting interesting little development Uh, talking obviously a lot of schedule today the SEC schedule released last night we got our first uh, first look at what it looks like for Oklahoma again we do not know the win we can speculate on that piece a little bit but uh, we do know the where for Oklahoma and what we know I thought it was cool how OU released it too on social media, the Sooner Scribbles. Did you see this? I did. I was trying to figure out what the LSU one was all about. Did you see the? Did you yeah, see I, the I, LSU a one? Is that I mean, a, that's on. a tiger? Yeah, it's that's in. It's identical. It's spinning images of one another. <laughs> Auburn, LSU, and Missouri. Uh, I like it though. I like it. <laughs> I would. Do we know the backstory of who uh, drew these? I don't know. Ole Miss. You just got it. <laughs> Spelled out Ole Miss. <laughs> that's that's what mine would look like. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's the uh, Helmer drawing right there. But okay, uh, cool little release. The Sooner scribbles. The Longhorn was pretty well done. Uh, Great Gamecock too. Yep the the Gamecock drawing was pretty good. 
But uh, the home slate looks like this, in case for some reason you don't know. Texas game, a part of Oklahoma's first SEC schedule as a home game. Of course, that's going to be a neutral site game, just like, uh, unfortunately, for Georgia. They lose uh, their home game versus Florida. That's like OU Texas. That'll get played in Jacksonville. So OU loses the OU Texas game as uh, a home game to the neutral site. So you only get three in Norman in 2024. Uh, but they're they're good ones. Yeah, they're meaty as it uh, were for Alabama, South Carolina, and Tennessee, and then the away schedule: Auburn, LSU, Missouri, and Ole Miss. We heard Tim Tebow say that he thinks it's the most difficult. You know, I don't know. Take your pick. It's definitely challenging. It would be in the upper half or the upper, you know, if you wanted to say the top four or five most difficult of all of the SEC schedules, I think this is there, Connor. It's one of the more difficult. It's uh, it's up there with some other teams that have just uh, kind of a brutal, brutal stretch of games, but as we expected to. But uh, what about Greg McElroy? Who who does he think is the most difficult? He he didn't say it was Oklahoma. He said this team has the most challenging 2024 schedule. Man, I'll tell you what. I, I think Georgia's schedule is absolutely brutal. You get five games away from home similar to Oklahoma. But when you look at what they have, if you, and granted, look, this is two years from now, so take it with a slight grain of salt. They're games played outside of Athens in 2022 they went a combined 40 and 25 that includes an 11 and 2 Alabama 8 and 5 Texas 8 and 5 Ole Miss 7 and 6 Kentucky and then Florida being the one team that they play away from Athens that went under 500 and we all know what that rivalry is like and what might be here two years from now as Billy Napier continues to hopefully get the Florida Gators back on track I think this schedule is brutal Dari, especially given what should be a relatively manageable 2023 campaign for the dog. What do you think? Uh, is it quote unquote brutal? I I'd say it's up there. Something that Georgia, man, really hasn't had in quite some time. It's a really tough schedule. They've been getting some uh, talk about that, about having a soft schedule. But man, this ain't it. Bama, uh, Texas, Florida, Tennessee—just some of those that they have on that slate. Good. I say deal with it. That's to the <laughs> champs goes the difficult schedule. Play some so tough be games it. here. So be it. Uh, it is Auburn, Mississippi State, Tennessee at home for Georgia. Florida, as we said, in Jacksonville, at Bama, at Ole Miss, at Kentucky, at Texas. But like uh, Greg McElroy said right there, so we, you know, as we think about OU's schedule, okay, it, it's challenging, right? But this is what we signed up for, and I don't for the most part, hear a bunch of Oklahoma fans all that disappointed about it. it you know, quite the con- contrary. I hear most Oklahoma, Oklahoma fans are fired up about it. And yet, even, you know, even with that being said, Connor, okay, OU Texas, we know, regardless of if Texas is good or bad or great, it's a challenging game. It's OU Texas. Weird things happen. It's hard to go win that game at the Cotton Bowl, no matter what. Throw the records out, your cliche rivalry phrase. Alabama at home. <laughs> this I know Georgia's taken it the last two years, but it's Alabama who has has been the dominant figure in college football for a decade and a half. That's going to be a massive challenge, Herculean. We get it. Tennessee, okay, I, I like what Josh Heupel's doing. 
This, of course, was a, uh, a great year for them with Hinton Hooker. They've got the five-star quarterback signed on, but uh, we don't really know what that looks like yet for Tennessee now and going forward. So let's, let's revisit there how challenging that will be. South Carolina again. What does life look like after Spencer Rattler at South Carolina for Shane Beamer, Connor? Yeah, and will Spencer Rattler still be there by 2024? 20, we have yet – we'll see when that – comes around but that's still going to be I don't think so I don't think so yeah that's still going to be a sneaky bunch with Beamer has uh going with the South Carolina Gamecocks would he even have would would Rattler even have eligibility that's what that's what I'm trying to wonder too because I hear people talk about Spencer Rattler coming back to Norman at the same time I'm like I, I, I don't know if he's going to be here or not well and then beyond that LSU Death Valley it'll be challenging Auburn, Jordan Hare, probably going to be, you know, at the very least, there's 80-some-odd thousand people there, 87,000. It'll be, you know, no doubt a sellout. It'll be raucous. But uh, the the football, okay, well, let's see what happens at Auburn between now and then because that's a 5-7 and seven football team for uh, a reason this past season. If you're down on Oklahoma, probably you should be pretty down on Auburn too. And Ole Miss – well, this is this program with Lane Kiffin that, yeah, okay, uh, they're going to score points, but uh, they're also going to get off the fast starts in a season, and then when push comes to shove, they're going to fall apart late. So, I mean, a trip to Ole Miss, yeah, it, it's challenging, but I don't know that it's uh, altogether daunting to where Oklahoma can't go win that game or to where we wouldn't expect Oklahoma to go win that game. In Missouri's Missouri. I always expect to beat Missouri. Yeah, it's just it's a two Auburn and LSU for me, those road games. Ole Miss, what Kiffin has going, they put up a lot of points, but they have trouble stopping some teams too. We know about Missouri, old Big 12 foe, but football just hasn't been really successful for Missouri as of late. They did make make a bowl game last year, but we don't know what to expect for them next year. Auburn and LSU is going to be some fun road environments. I didn't feel like, and maybe I'm just you know not in the proper SEC circles yet connor but even you know we did our big uh, locked on sec roundtable and uh, though i'm a poor representative i got to you know for locked on sooners i got to represent oklahoma in this roundtable there's probably better representatives out there but hey uh, josh Elmer's what you got last night i didn't get the feeling from a bunch of these sec folks across the uh, roundtable that i mean the the general thought i got from a lot of them was hey i like what's on our schedule which probably everybody's just excited to you know you get a look at an sec schedule probably typically you're going to be excited for for what it holds but i thought maybe there would be more folks that are upset about games that aren't on their schedules because of adding oklahoma and texas not to not because the schedule is difficult or it's easy none of that just that hey we lost a game that we would like to see on this schedule and yet i, I didn't hear a lot of that yeah well, I just I think the SEC did a great job of really spreading it out, and those other SEC teams are not complaining about the schedule because they get a crack at either Texas or Oklahoma right away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and one of the things I was curious about last night was, do you put any stock into that we found out a little bit about potentially OU's permanent opponents if and, if and when it goes to Three in that regard, three six six. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's still to determine. I would think A and M would 
beyond there, you would think, but you don't see A&M for the first year in the SEC. I think Missouri could be one, and obviously Texas, of course. I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to toss it out to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line anyways. 405-651-3439. And we've got a bunch of other responses that uh, we probably need to hit as well. But uh, which of these road games are you most excited about to, to go to? Which Because Sooner fans are going to travel, going to travel in big numbers, Connor, and uh, are already, I'm sure, thinking about uh, trying to, you know, obviously we don't know the, the win on any of these, but are thinking about, okay, hey, here's uh, here's cost, and this is the trip we want to go on. So w- which games do you guys want to go to? What are you most excited about these uh, initial four road trips that Oklahoma got? And uh, if you would like me to run those down one more time, at LSU, at Auburn, at Ole Miss, at Missouri. I mean, it seems like there's a slam dunk in there, but what what say you, Sooner Nation? We'll hit those responses as we roll on. Roll on. And uh, what about the optimism? You know, I mean, that's the other part of this is now the reality setting in. How optimistic are Oklahoma fans about what the future for Oklahoma holds in this SEC? You, you got your first look at an SEC slate, and, and I don't think that there's too many out there today, Connor. I, I don't get that impression that are – shaking in their boots, so to speak, about this SEC schedule. But uh, how optimistic are you? The uh, dais last night on the SEC Network was uh, was asked that question, and we'll share Dusty's response next. It's the Plank Show. couple more segments right here from Caven's Group uh, on The Wrap. Back with you after this. Back with you live. It's the Plank Show. Right here on the home of Sooner fans, Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. And we are hanging out today at Caven's Group. The uh, site for, well, the the site you need to call when you need help. Mold testing, mold removal, they can help you there. Smoke and fire damage cleanups, or uh, you need a roofing repair, replacement, or just a free inspection. Uh, Cavens Group, they got you covered. Norman, Oklahoma City, number to call, 405-573-3048. Tulsa, Stillwater, 918-282-7612. Tossed it out there right before the break, Connor. And uh, let's see here. Road trip that you you really want to take. And uh, I thought it would be Death Valley. I thought it would be LSU that uh, kind of ran this thing away here. Uh, text line, by the way, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Justin in Coweta. I'll definitely be in Death Valley. Connor, I don't care how much it costs. That's the way you got to go with it. Don't care about the money. You just got to make the trip. That's that's right. That's that's a from our perspective where we're not spending your money. We think you shouldn't care about the cost. It's it's worth it. It's worth it, no matter how much you pay. Well, that that first uh, yeah game at LSU is going to be pretty awesome. Joe from Guthrie, Baton Rouge is going to be awesome. In fact, I think LSU Oklahoma will become a rivalry. We have we have been hearing that some some of the fans through the text line about LSU and OU maybe becoming. OU's second uh, rival in the SEC along with Texas? Well, LSU has the trappings and the makings of a rival for opposite reasons from, say, in Alabama. I look at Oklahoma and Alabama, and I think, uh, not if you've been watching Bama Rush, but, uh, or maybe, yeah, if you've been watching Bama Rush, but just the fan bases themselves, not entirely the, the like, 
campus or culture life, but the programs and the history associated with them and the fan bases and the respect between Oklahoma and Alabama, I think they see, at least on the Oklahoma side, maybe this is maybe I'm speaking out of turn for Alabama, but from the Oklahoma perspective, I think there's a lot of respect there. There is, and some revenge comes in the factor too with LSU losing a national championship to them and then losing in a Peach Bowl in a comp or in a playoff four game playoff. But yeah. And Brian Kelly, he's not really a likable person either. Yeah, well, he needs to stop dancing for uh, on recruiting visits. It's, it's too corny, please. <laughs> he needs to stop. Fake accent, cut that out too. Can't deal with that. You're not an actor, Brian Kelly. Knock it off. But uh, LSU, Oklahoma, there's the sincere dislike that hangs over from that national championship game, Connor. And uh, simply put, Oklahoma fans do not view themselves anything like LSU fans, right? No, no, they don't. So for that reason, and because of the football, like there is a respect factor to LSU because, well, uh, they routed you the last time you played. The football you respect, right? But the fan base you, you don't. And so for those two forces at work against one another, I think, it, yeah, maybe – maybe mixes up into something that could turn into some genuine, genuine dislike. And uh, what I would define as a, I don't know if you call it healthy or unhealthy, a rivalry. Yeah, it could become a rivalry, could become some great battles with LSU. Brazilian Sooner says Auburn. We've been getting some Auburn in the text as well. He says Auburn have always wanted to go there. Hopefully it's a night game. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be cool at Jordan-Hare to, uh, to take on. Auburn. And that's, with that's it be fun. with it going to Baton Rouge for LSU, it would still be fun if it's a day game. But man, it'd be so much better if it's night game prime time in Baton Rouge, Death Valley. From the four oh five, excited for Death Valley and Oxford. Never road traveled for games, but I believe I'm starting in twenty twenty four. Any ideas where I can get travel info? That is from uh, Boom Sooner. Well, I'm sure we got a bunch of Texters that do, you know, that obviously do travel to OU road games that would have some info. But traveling for the SEC, it's going to be new for everybody, though, these SEC games. That's a that's a good-looking question where uh, we can get travel info. Honestly, I mean, right here on the, the ref, you know, greedily, you're probably going to start now all of a sudden hearing from a lot of folks from the SEC, analysts, uh, reporters, that – they're going to know, uh, you yeah. know, what you need to know in terms of some of the travel info. So, I don't know. I guess greedily I'd say just <laughs> right here on the ref. But uh, probably, as uh, our man uh, Bob Stoops would say, just Google it up. Right? Uh, so, yeah, Sooner T. I'm looking forward to Oxford and Auburn, but have no desire to <laughs> subject my family to the crazy fans in Baton Rouge. Yeah, well. <laughs> they do. They are insane out there at LSU. Yeah, that that is one thing. Though, I feel like we've heard firsthand accounts from folks in the past that uh, say, you know, you know, as, as long as you're ready to have a good time at LSU, it will be a good time. And if you're not confrontational and this and that, it'll be okay. But uh, I don't know. I guess I guess we'll all find out together with a uh, genuine Death Valley experience. We will. We will. Uh, let's see here. And and we mentioned, you you know what? Before we hit this text, let's let's play the clip from Dusty, who was asked. 
Dusty Dvorak on the SEC Network by Dari Noka. How optimistic are Oklahoma fans uh, transitioning to the SEC? I think there's some optimism. I think there's also reality, as you kind of pointed out. I mean, this is this is a step up in competition. Like you, I love the Big 12, grew up in it, wished it nothing but the best. But the truth is, the, the level of players, the level of programs, the commitment to excellence in the SEC, it's just a cut above. So week in, week out, you will be challenged, you will be tested more than you have previously. I think there's genuine optimism. I think there's excitement. I also think there's a reality. We're about to take a step up in class, and Oklahoma better get their house in order if they're going to take that step in that deep water and start swimming with those sharks. And I agree with that. I think that's a fair assessment. That, But I do think it's more optimistic yeah. than it is pessimistic. And I do think it also, like for a lot of teams year to year, hinges on what happened the year before. You know, for Oklahoma, if this season – there's clear improvement, and Oklahoma's back to being kind of what we've known Oklahoma to be. Oklahoma fans will be confident going into the SEC. If it's the opposite, and it's more of what we saw in 2022, I think there's going to be some serious nerves all of a sudden from the fan base going into the SEC. Well, and there's always optimism when you go up and face better competition. That's exactly what OU's going to do, go up against uh, the big boys of college football. But, I, yeah, I, I agree with Dusty there. Jay in Tulsa on this subject, I'm excited, but I'm not optimistic. With OU being a small market player in the NIL world, talent acquisition and retention will be a difficult obstacle to overcome when competing in the SEC higher-tier landscape. Uh, Jay, I would say, though, let's see how this class plays out, uh, which, speaking of going out the door, I got a clip from uh, Parker Thune. Uh, under the visor, is that what is that what their podcast? He yeah, drums under, podcast yeah. is under the visor. I thought it was. I'm like, is it inside the visor, <laughs> around the visor? Uh, he's got a clip on Williams Winery. Let's see what happens with Winery. Let's ha- see what happens with Stone. And if you lose out on both of those, and all of a sudden people are running to the yeah, Oklahoma couldn't compete from an nil perspective. Okay, then uh, then I'll hear what you're saying. But need I remind you? I mean, Oklahoma finished with the number six class nationally, and it was number four according to the twenty four seven Sports Composite. So, okay, uh, the the talent acquisition portion is, I mean, last year was as good as it's ever been for OU. So yeah, I mean, it's a great recruiting class that you you put together so i wouldn't really say it's a kind of a small market player in the nil one final to we'll come back we'll bow tie this thing before we hand it off to Steelman and thune at noon from cavens group right here on the rev one final time we're back with you right here on the plank show josh elmer alongside connor pasby waiting in the wings chomping at the bit Steelman and thune at noon we're here at cavens group where the number to call, Norman and Oklahoma City, for a bunch of uh, different help that you might need, mold, te- mold testing, mold removal, uh, tornado response. We're hoping we're, we're in the clear on that, at least in, in 2023. But emergency board ups, smoke and fire damage cleanups, they can help you out, all of those, plus uh, the roofing division as well. 405-573-3048, Norman OKC, Tulsa, Stillwater, the number to call, 918-282-7612. Before we get out of here, uh, how about this from Oklahoma, Johnny? This is pretty good. 
uh, on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Excited for the road trip to Columbia, Missouri, said nobody <laughs> ever. <laughs> Death Valley or Oxford road trips uh, for Oklahoma Johnny. Man, the last time Oklahoma was at Missouri was when OU uh, got ranked number one for, what, six days? Yeah. And they lose to Missouri. Yep. If I'm not mistaken, the text line can correct me that Missouri, didn't they house the opening kickoff? They did, and that game was so weird because at the end of it, Oklahoma had this. It was probably they weren't going to pick it up, okay? But they had a fourth down in let's call it fifteen, and I that might not be right, but it was on, and you know it was like the Oklahoma twenty-two or something, right? But they were still trailing by one score. Would need to drive down and, and score with like two minutes left, and, and Bob punted instead. Yeah, not, okay, that yeah, that's bringing that's bringing it back to my mind. You had to crawl back into that one later on in the game. That was not not really a fun night. And then the conversation afterwards was about, uh, well, you know, trying to protect for BCS points, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, that was not a fun night at Mizzou. Man, that was a year where different teams uh, were trading who's going to be the number one team. Every single week, we felt like we had a different number one. Well, there's so much we could talk about with the schedule. I meant to get to the Williams-Winary stuff. I guess we're saving it for tomorrow now. But, uh, hey, what can I say? It's SEC schedule reaction day, and there's a lot of uh, responses from you we wanted to get to. Thanks to Gary Cavins, to Jessica Cavins, and the entire crew here at Cavins Group for having us out. We're not going anywhere, though. Steel Man and Dune at noon coming your way next right here on The Ref. So long, everybody. <laughs>